I get where I'm going On the far side of the sky The first thing that I'm gonna do Is spread my wings and fly I'm gonna land beside a lion And run my fingers through his mane Or I might find out what it's like To ride a drop of rain yeah, when I get where I'm going There'll be only happy tears I will shed the sins and struggles I have carried all these years And I'll leave my heart wide open I will love and have no fear Yeah, when I for me down here I'm gonna walk with my granddaddy and he'll match me step for step and I'll tell him how I've missed him every minute since he left and then I'll hug his neck yeah when I see my maker's face I'll stand forever in the light of his amazing grace yeah when I get where I'm Good afternoon. Say hi to me. Hi, Pastor Okay. I know um, 
for many, maybe most, maybe all of you to come to a memorial service or a funeral and to be expected to talk back to the guy is not the typical. And I, I don't mean to invade these moments. I just want to suggest to you that this is more than sad. This is something of a celebration too. And although we're not going to start hooping and hollering and carrying on here, it's really okay um, what has happened. And we're going to talk about that some more. But I also want you to know that if you smile back at me while I'm up here, I'll relax and what I have to say will be way shorter. Okay? Okay. All right. So, so smile at me. That's better. That's a lot better. Thanks for doing that. The family appreciates so much your show of love and support for them. And uh, also for um, your choice just to be, be together and to um, begin to deal with what, what we're, why we're here. Nobody should be doing this on a Saturday anywhere, anytime. And um, the heartbreaking things that have gone on here in this community and in this family's household... Um, move all of us. But I really believe that the Lord will speak to us today and some things will happen, not because you figure it out with your mind, but because a sovereign God will look upon people that he cares about and he loves and he'll touch your heart if you're available to be touched. If you're available, he'll do that. I promise you that. So I just want to start by inviting the Lord's presence in open in prayer. I should introduce myself. My name's Terry. I'm one of the pastors here and um, one of the leaders. And so um, just welcome. And, 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 and the church family here is very grateful that we've had this opportunity to be with, be with the family and uh, invite you all into, into the Lord's house today to do this. I want to invite the Lord. And uh, would you just agree with me in prayer? Lord... <clears throat> Most of our minds, if not all of us, our minds are full of questions, full of questions. And our hearts are completely muddled, Lord, with the emotions, the frustrations, the pain, some of us anger, all of these different things going on. And so, God, we just need to just settle in close to you today. Your word promises us that if we draw near to you, that you will draw near to us. And so, Lord, we do that. We do that. We're here not just because of the ceremony. This is what you do when a loved one dies. That's not the only reason we're here, Lord. We're here because we have questions. And when we begin to consider eternity, we need to come to the one who commands eternity. And Lord, we're going to seek after some answers from you today. Maybe you won't answer every question we have. But Lord, we just believe that you will, you will answer the questions that we need. Got to pray for peace today. I ask God for particularly family and close friends, those whose hearts are deeply troubled with confusion and questions and all of those emotions. Ask God for you to push past our intellect peace. Your word describes something called the peace that goes beyond our understanding. We ask for that today. We invite you here, Lord, and we ask God for you to guide our hearts as we spend this time together. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'd like to ask Seth... Um, who is one of the pastors at the church here and, and leads our younger people. Would you come up and read the obituary, Seth? Thank you. Jonathan Michael Rice, 15, of Rochester, Washington, went to be with his Lord and Savior on Wednesday, May 15th. He was born on Thursday, March 12, 1998, in Aberdeen, Washington, 
Jonathan attended Rochester High School and was a member of our church, Crossroads Church here in, here in Rochester. Jonathan enjoyed skateboarding and playing basketball. He was fascinated, fascinated by the variety of tricks possible on a skateboard. Jonathan was a very talented, self-taught skateboarder. He spent every available moment practicing the next bigger, better trick. Jonathan had a warm heart and a kind spirit. He loved bringing happiness, joy, and laughter to his family and friends. With his clever wit and intelligent humor, as one of God's children, Jonathan was sent here to grace us all. Having accomplished his goal, he has now returned home to be with his Lord. Jonathan is survived by his parents, Leonard H. Rice, Jr., Christy Rice, siblings Joe, Catherine, Jessica, Justin, Josh, and Cariana, grandparents Leonard and Sharon Rice, and Sharon Kitchen. He was preceded in death by his uncle Brian Rice and grandfather Paul Kitchen.
chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns unending love. Amazing grace. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to but God who called me below will be forever mine will be
Well, you just looked at over a couple hundred pictures, and um, I know I've, I've had the privilege to, to view that slideshow a few times now, and here's something that just leapt out of there um, at me. It, you know, it's remarkable in all of those photos, great family trips and cool things that were going on, but it's remarkable to me how many times this, this young man had his hands on in a caring way for other people, particularly younger ones than him. What an example. And it says something about the heart. It says something there of quality of character. And um, I'm sure there were stories that, that um, didn't get pictures of, although we saw a lot of the beginnings of stories. This is the time of the service where if you're brave enough, we would ask you to share it. Here's what I would think we should do. Um, Seth has a microphone, and yes, we want you to use the microphone because we're, gonna, we're recording the service. And it will be particularly meaningful to the family later when they can sometime in the future listen to the stories that you share. So remember that you're being recorded, okay? And uh, be brave and be, be two-point, and make sure the story is about Jonathan, okay? All right, so um, Seth has a microphone, and if you have a story, stick your hand up in the air, and he'll come running over just like Phil Donahue, and you can share. So I, mean, I need somebody brave to start us off. It just takes one. Oh. Imagine one. some bravery one. coming from right here. Uh, okay. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Jonathan was my little brother. Um, and just because... My parents asked me to kind of get the ball rolling, and my dad suggested that I have a whole bunch of stories that would make everybody laugh. Um, and if he knew about them, it would have got my brother in trouble. <laughs> so I guess that really I'm just going to start with the only one that I can think of right now because I'm kind of on the spot. Um, this last Christmas, my stepmother was working, and my dad was home, and my brother's the last child in the home, so I asked him, could he come over and wrap presents with me? And me and Jonathan wrap presents for his two nieces and two nephews. And I take that back. I wrap presents. Jonathan wrapped a present. <laughs> and as soon as you looked at the tree, you could tell which one he had wrapped. I should have had him wrap a whole bunch. And then I should have wrapped like five and said that mine were from Santa and his were from me. But I didn't. Um, we went to my fiance's mother's house for Christmas. And I was doing Just Dance with a whole group of kids. And my brother walked up to where my fiance was recording. And I didn't know at the time. And he's like, hey, are you recording? And you can hear this in the video. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, watch this. And he comes over and he gets next to me. And he's like, Catherine, move your hips. You have to move your hips. And so I start like just really going for it. And I'm trying to get it done. And my brother's next to me, like cheering me on, move your hips, move your hips. And I get done and he's like, now touch your toes. And I start to bend down to touch my toes. And I look at my brother and turn around and I'm being recorded. <laughs> so I, of course, told my brother that he wasn't supposed to do that. And I've, I could share tons more stories, but we'd be here for hours. So hopefully I got the ball rolling. And hopefully somebody else can raise their hand now and take it. That I'd get extra points if I did it. <laughs> I did not get any extra points. Oh, yeah, what do you think of, no, it was, what do you think of that? I don't know what he called him, but, yeah, what do you think of that? And he turned around all excited and proud of himself because he was Justin's wingman at the time, and I touched my toes. You're a YouTube sensation. <laughs> Who else would like to share a story? Where are we at? There we go. 
So we have courageous women, but all of the men here are wusses. <laughs> I actually just have a letter that his brother wrote and would like me to read for him. Dear Jonathan, I love you very much, and I will always remember you as my brother. I knew that you were looking down on me wherever, when I'm awake or asleep. I still remember when me and you, and even sometimes Kariana, used to hang out with each other. You were the funnest guy to hang out with. Out of all of our family, you were my favorite. Out of everybody, I also think that you will make a very good angel. Lots of people loved you, and some didn't, but if they, I knew who they were, I would beat them up. <laughs> Where are we at? I loved you the most. I just wanted you to teach me how to read, write a skateboard. P.S. I miss you very much. I will pray every night, and I hope you watch your sister and me every night and everywhere we go. From the person who cried the most when you died, your brother Joshua. Hi, I'm Justin. I am his elder brother, one of. Um, I just kind of wanted to share, just uh, not really a story. It kind of leads to a story, but it's just the experiences I had with him. He was always that younger brother. I never had a younger brother. I never had a younger sibling. And then he came around, and man, was he annoying. <laughs> but <laughs> then again, what younger sibling isn't annoying? But... I loved him. Even my friends loved him. He always wanted to be there when we were playing games and everything like that. And, uh, like, one time we were playing Mortal Kombat, and the uh, first time my friend ever thought that he was actually cool, we were both playing the same character, and he's like, Scorpio's going to win. <laughs> and I just, you know what? Back then he may have bugged me sometimes. It may have annoyed me, but I still love him. And, uh... I wish I could go back and maybe show him a little bit more time. But I'm glad for the times I had with him. Doesn't it feel freeing to hear these stories? Doesn't it feel good to share them and to hear them? Who else would like to share something? There we go. I'm Aunt Nanny. Um, I can remember Jonathan came over to stay the night. He stayed the night with me a lot. And I can remember tucking him in on the couch. He looked up at me, and I gave him a kiss on the forehead, and I said, Baby, I love you. I said, You have sweet dreams. And he goes, Aunt Nanny, he goes, You love me? And I said, Of course I do, baby. He said, But you have Jacob. You have a son. And I said, It doesn't matter. I said, You don't have to be mine for me. I love you, baby. And he said, he said, and thank you, and he just looked at me with those blue eyes, and who couldn't fall in love with that? And I was just in my heart, and you'll be there forever. Very good. Thank you. Who else would like to share? Here we go. Um, Jonathan was a bright, shining star, and his smile followed him wherever he went, and when he entered a room... His smile would just brighten it up, and my girls, they didn't get to come. And um, they're 16 years old, and when they were hanging out up here at Mom's and Chrissy's, um, 
they played and just, you know, fell in love with each other as cousins and brought happiness to my daughters. And even at my house, it was chasing them around, and he was chasing them, and it was just high energy and lots of love and smiles. And they wanted his alien T-shirt, and he said, no way. <laughs> He'd gotten that at the mall. It was his pride and joy. So <laughs> they tried and tried to get that from him, but he was not going to give that T-shirt up. <laughs> but they, you know, they love him, and they wish you know, everybody well. And we'll miss Jonathan very much, as the rest of us will. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, there we go. Jonathan was my uncle. He was a great uncle. He took me to the park, and I saw him almost every day after school. He would come over to my house and spend time with me, my sister, my mom, and my two little brothers. And he was a great uncle. I love him very much. Way to go. Thank you. Hi. I'm Jonathan's grandma. And next to skateboarding, Jonathan loved to eat. <laughs> and we went to Las Vegas for his sister's wedding, uh, and it was my birthday. And I said, hey, let's go out for my birthday. And Jonathan was, great, where are we going? I said, we're going to the Outback. <gasps> Let me tell you. I said, you can order anything on the menu except lobster. <laughs> Let me tell you, that was one happy kid. <laughs> he ate his way through. <laughs> you can't imagine. And not too long ago, I made this great big huge pot of taco soup. And I thought, ha ha, smart woman, you're going to have leftovers. You're going to not have to cook one night this week. Jonathan came over and he says, Wow, Grandma, you made taco soup. Can I have a bowl? Sure, Jonathan. Well, after bowl five, there were no leftovers. <laughs> so Jonathan did like to eat, and we just enjoyed him immensely. Great memories. Who else would like to share? There's one back here. I remember it was one of our family reunions that we had last year. And I remember we stayed the night at my great-grandma's house in her garage. And we it was me, my cousin Jacob, Jonathan, and my cousin Kobe. We were all sleeping. And so Jonathan had this great idea to put a table over Kobe's head. And we started howling like a coyote because they had seen one last night or something like that. So I sit there and I start howling. We start shaking Kobe. He freaks. He comes up and he smacks his head on it. And Jonathan, he looks at us, he busts out laughing. I can't believe you guys let me actually do that. You guys are dumb enough to let me do that to him. And he had just this, Kobe had this red mark all over his forehead, and it was just, it was awesome. Great memories. Who else? What we got you? Looking around, looking around. How else has Jonathan touched you? Come on, let's hear some stories. Got another one up here?
All right, let's keep looking. We'll come back to you if you want. Jonathan was a dream child. I, you know, I don't remember the last time he got in trouble for anything other than his grades being down, and 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 he wasn't. He never. He get grounded, you know, and it's like only when mom was home. Mom, mom, mom went to work. It was free time. <laughs> we always go over my my daughter's house. We go over to her house across the street from the park, and he'd have his board, and he'd be over with all his friends. I mean, he was never really grounded unless mom was home. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <clears throat> but I mean, it's like. He was a gift. You know, I, I think of him as like, you know, I mean, he was my son, but he really wasn't. He was, he was entrusted to us while he was here. He was here to do a job. He did it. He did it well. And he's home where, where he's supposed to be. You know, there's nobody that's ever going to change that or take that. You know, God's got a plan for each and every one of us, and, and, and I'm grateful for that. So, um, amen. Thank you, Skip. Way to go. Looking across the room. Looking across the room. Oh, there we go. All right. I unfortunately didn't know uh, Jonathan very well. I know, I know he's a member of this church, and I've seen him many times, and always had a smile on his face, and you know, always loving on his on his dad, and and he usually sat up up here towards the front, and just very well involved. But I do know that. Um, he was just good friends with my kids. My kids just loved him, and I know he rode the the afternoon bus with uh, my younger children and almost every day. My my oldest boy, he's ten, he'd come home. You know what Jonathan did? <laughs> oh no! But he just he always like like Pastor Terry was saying a few minutes ago. He always had his hand in, in just a loving manner, and he was just he was always loving and and just kind of looked out for my boys. And yeah, I know they're gonna miss him, and but he was just he was just a great kid. I didn't know Jonathan uh, real well, but I saw him around. And one of the things that I, I remember about him, he always had a smile on his face. I mean, this, this guy had a smile that would just, didn't matter what mood you were in, if, once you saw his smile, you just would, would start growing one. Like you'd try to fight it, and it would just show up on your face just seeing this kid. Let's see, who else wants to share? Here we go. Well, I'm surprised you didn't share this one, but... Um, on Tuesday night, we'd come in here, and it'd say never get in trouble is a lie, because uh, <laughs> we'd be, uh, we have worship here on, tu- or youth group here on Tuesday nights, and, and Jonathan, from my perspective and what I'd known from him, he always lived outside the box. He cut his own path. He was always very different, and I always just thought, man, he's, he's an amazing kid, and someday he's going to do something awesome. And we'd get in here together, and sometimes he'd drive me nuts, because he wanted to well, he'd all, we'd clap, you know, and he'd just make a habit of getting us all off the clap, the beat, right? Right? He'd be, if there was anybody, why are we not clapping on time? Because Jonathan, on, and my wife had made a joke. She says, you know, for a drummer, the guy can't keep a beat for nothing. <laughs> but I know he was just doing it because that's his, that was him outside the box, man. And he just wanted to come and goof and have fun, and we had a great time. And I know we're going to miss him, so... Here we go over here in the front. I am. I'm getting lots of exercise. It's good. Uh, I'm I'm Jonathan's cousin. Me. I remember when we were at my auntie Anna's house. We, uh, me and um, John and um, Jonathan. We were we would always ride bikes together to, um, in the woods, da- down trails. And then we would come back, and um, his friend would be over, 
he he would um we would play um hide and go seek and then um we would go to bed together um we would stay stay the night and then we um when I woke up in the morning my mom would be there and then we would go home um uh, then when I got home um I, I was just missing Jonathan in my mind thank, thank you, you What's your name? Carter. Carter? Those are great memories, aren't they? Those are the things you want to hold on to, aren't they? Way to go. I'm proud of you for being brave just talking to the microphone in front of all these people. Way to go, man. Thank you. Well done. Be right with you. Just one second. Let's get this one up here. I'm Carrie and Jonathan's sister, and like Carter said, we used to ride bikes, but there was this one time that when we went and rode our bikes and we went to the trails, he there was this big jump that he wanted to do, so he rode down it and did the jump, but he crashed. So the second time, he came down and did the jump. He made it, but he wrapped himself around the tree. And so the third time, he finally got it. But instead of crashing or wrapping himself around the tree, he got a big fat cut on his knee. But he didn't make it. Thank you. All right, where were you? Where were you? Scanning, scanning. There we go. My name is Rebby Helland, and I was Jonathan's fifth grade teacher. And... I was very sad to hear about what happened with Jonathan, and I was reflecting on his time in my class, and I remember his big smile. I remember him constantly getting in trouble with his cousin Jacob, who was also in my class. (laughs) (laughs) They loved to make, he loved to make, and Jacob loved to make um, people laugh, and so they were always in at recess or having me tell them to stop. And the biggest memory that I have of Jonathan was at the very end of the year. He convinced me that the class should have a barbecue, and which is not an easy feat. So I had to have my husband bring our personal barbecue all the way from Yelm. <laughs> and we cooked hamburgers and hot dogs and had a potluck for the very last day of school. And it was all Jonathan's idea. Fantastic. Maybe one or two more. Over here? Here we go. I got lucky enough to meet Jonathan at my sister's wedding. And, like, it was, it was really cool because I kind of wanted to meet him before. I've seen pictures, and he was always smiling. And uh, when I actually finally got to meet him, he was a little bit shy. About 10 minutes in, I, I could not get rid of him. <laughs> he was attached at the hip, and we got to, I got lucky enough to actually hang out with him for about four or five days straight. It was two, uh, it was like the 4th of July, and uh, we kept in contact, and I knew that he looked up to me a lot, but I really looked up to him too, because he was an amazing kid. And I'm going to miss him so much. One second. 
Yeah, my name's Eric Johnson, was my nephew. Uh, boy, there's a lot to say about this young man. And he was a young man, even for his age. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if there was a time that you were feeling down about something, he always had a way to make you understand that things were going to be better. It didn't matter what it was. I remember uh, when my brother passed away, his dad and Jonathan came over to my grandparents' house or to my parents' house. We were out in the garage going through some of my brother's stuff. Jonathan seen some cars in there, asked if he could take them home. He'd take care of them. And he did. He took them home, cleaned them all up. They were dirty. They'd been sitting outside. I got a little bit teary-eyed, and he, I walked outside, and he followed me. He said, uh, and he was 13 at the time. He said, I love you, Uncle Eric. If you ever need to talk, I'll be here. You can call me anytime. From a 13-year-old kid. Saying that to a grown man, I thought was a wow factor. I'm only sorry that we didn't keep in touch more. We did speak a few weeks ago on Facebook. And he had talked about his zipline trip with his dad and his mom. And Northwest Trek had just opened up a new zipline thing. So our plan this summer was to go to Northwest Trek and do this zipline. Well, I'm going to do that zipline. And I'm going to shout out when I do it and let them know that we're thinking about them. So one more thing I just want to say, everybody, is it doesn't matter how far away somebody is from you. It doesn't matter what issues you have with somebody. Talk to somebody about it. Keep in touch. Don't ever stop loving your loved ones. And, and let them know that you're always there. Um, so we don't know how, I, I don't know how Jonathan was, um, the Rice family, but I know for our side of the family, Jonathan, it's really like a miracle. Um, for his mom, Dee, and, uh, and for Skip, I know it was really a rough time of life and he provided a lot of hope, a lot of hope for our family. Um, and I don't know if he was so brave and so courageous because of his uncle Christopher um, you know because of Peyton and Carter I think Carter and Peyton are very much <laughs> like Jonathan and uh, and I think they're a spitting image of Christopher because um, Jonathan is very was very brave just like all three of those boys um, I think the only time I remember him not being brave is that picture of us at the Marrakesh for his birthday when we went to the Marrakesh it took the Deanna, how many times did we have to try and pull him out of the chair to get him to go up and dance? And she was like a half-naked, you know, belly dancer. She was shaking her thing, and Jonathan was so, so shy to get up there. Um, I think that's the only time I ever saw him not, you know, jump up and just go for something. So, um, yeah, he, he's really going to be lost, and we'll really miss him. Thank you. Thanks. There was one more in the back. 
Oh, in the back. Well, Seth's on his way back there. I just say to you, you know, there's going to be a reception right afterwards, and that's a great time to have a cupcake and tell stories. It's helpful if you do that. So, so I met Jonathan about four years ago. Uh, I was a really antisocial person. Like, I don't know uh, how else to put that. Like, he he'd come over almost every day in the summer and every day like after school, and we'd just hang out. Like. I teach him how to play drums, and he teach me how to skateboard, and, and it, we that was kind of like our agreement. Uh, we had a lot of memories together. I remember one time he broke his foot, foot at my house. One time he lit my hair on fire. <laughs> uh, but it it like hurts really badly because it, I, I'm happy because he's in a better place, but. At the same time, I'm sad because I, I don't get to see him anymore. Uh, I never really did get to tell him I loved him. I, I loved him as a brother. The Bible says in, in, in uh, Psalms that God is close to those who have a broken heart and, and near to those who have a contrite spirit. And there is nothing better or more healing to you or to the family members than to share your stories. It's an amazing thing. Be thinking about your stories as we're done. Pastor Terry was saying we have a, a, some time we can go in and uh, share some, some food together. Go to the family members. Share your stories. Don't let, don't let it in here. Thank you so much for those of you that were brave enough to um, grab that microphone and share. I'd just like to talk with you all for a couple of minutes um, in the time that we have left. And as I go, um, I, I might toss up a picture or two or a scripture or two um, just because I thought it might be helpful. But today's the 25th. Just That's your calendar report for the day. Uh, but I, the reason that's relevant to people that attend here regularly because they know I have this habit. Whatever day it is, I grab a proverb out of that chapter. So today's the 25th, so here's a little proverb. Um, chapter, uh, chapter, uh, verse 2 is, God is honored for what he keeps secret. And kings are honored for what they can discover. Man, if, if think that through. Leave that up for a second or is it too late? Yeah, I mean, I look at that and I think, what does that mean? Okay, sometimes you'll have people and they'll tell you, they'll make a comment to you about God. Well, you know, there's a lot of things about God that are a real mystery to us. You've probably heard somebody say that to you. And while you might intellectually say, yeah, okay, I get that. But, but frankly, that doesn't do me any good right now. Right? Somebody say something to you that they well-meaning and they say something like that, but doesn't really bring something of peace to you. I get the fact that God is God and I'm not. And there will be things about God that I just don't understand. I get that. You don't have to tell me that. But the second part of that is kind of cool. Kings are honored for what they can discover. So it's possible for us to discover some things about God that maybe were mysterious. And kings, that's, that's just a suggestion to you. It's noble. It's noble. So I'm, I'm encouraged by that uh, little verse. I think we can maybe find something beyond just the low-hanging fruit about God, and that's what I want to talk to you about for just a couple of minutes. I think God likes it when we try to peek into heaven. I mean, I think God likes it when we go, hey, what's behind the curtain? What's really going on? Because I got some questions, and I've heard these things about God. God is love and so forth. I look around, and I see stuff, and I think, no, that's not love, and that's not love. Yeah, there's some love over there, but, you know, I don't get it, God. I got some questions. I think he likes it when we want to lift under the hood and see how everything works, you know, 
is it 16 valves and how do they work? And that's guy talk. You guys are going, yeah, okay, I, I want to know how come, you know. Guys, smile at me because this is going to get to be a long sermon if I have to explain everything. Come on, smile at me. Okay. So I think God likes it. And today, I want to just talk for a couple minutes about friendship. Not particularly your literal friendship with Jonathan. We'll come to that in a little bit later. But I want to talk about friendship generically. Um, because I think that when you have a really close friend, if you have a really close friend, I mean, I mean authentic, somebody that you know and they accept you and sometimes you can fight with them, they're still going to be your friend on the other side of the fight. Somebody that when you're angry, you can yell or you are sad, you can cry, and they're not going to drop you off the friend list because they don't like your emotions. I'm talking about the kind of friend that will let you do that kind of stuff. Okay, I think when you have that kind of friend, you want to be able to be authentic with them and genuine. You don't want to have to put on pretense. That's what makes them a friend. It's somebody you can just be with and you feel comfortable with. And, 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 and every, if you've ever had a friend like that, you maybe have. Um, maybe you have them now. Maybe the day will come when that friend does something that really hurts you. And you're not going to get it. And you're going to be angry. And you're going to think, I don't understand this. I'm kind of hurting in here. I'm wondering about some things. And you're going to want to talk to that friend. And you might want to get right up in their grill. And you might have you know, a little bit of heat. You might be throwing high and tight pitches, right? But that's what friends do. I want to suggest something to you here. And, and that's that a good friend will let you show them your frustration and your anger. They'll, they'll let you... You know, show your fear and your confusion and when you don't understand. Today, I think a whole lot of us have some questions about why we're here today. When, what, wh- how could this be? How did we get here today? And, um, you know, since the, the questions that we have revolve around life and death, I want to ask some questions of really the only person who has answers about life and death. And that's, that's where I'm going with this. I think God wants to be a friend. Scripture says that he wants to be a friend closer than a brother. It says if you will draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. There are a whole bunch of scriptures that talk about God wanting to be friends with us. So, okay, you want to be my friend, God? I got some questions, and they're going to be pretty direct. I'm going to be respectful. You're God. I'm not. But I'm going to come on with some pretty authentic questions. Emotions, and I know there's emotions present here, and I bet you there are some people here that are going, okay, I, I, I want to get nose-to-nose with God and have him answer these questions because I'm angry. I don't understand this. I want you to know something. I think that's really okay with God. It's okay with God, not that you're disrespectful and unloving. It's okay with God when you're authentic. This hurts. I don't get it, God. I need some answers. This hurts. I'm confused. This breaks my heart. I don't want to be here. God, you know, where are you? I think that's really, really okay with God. In fact, I think he wants that. He doesn't want your pain. He doesn't want you confused. He wants authentic relationship, and it's okay. So right now, this is the time to ask God those, those tough questions, the really hard ones, you know. God... Did you make a mistake here? Did you hear those stories, Lord? God, are you unloving? Because I want to know. I got lots of questions, Lord. 
And these are real, authentic, hardball questions that we've got to ask God. I don't think God minds that at all. He, he, he wants to be a friend. He wants to be closer than a brother. So, okay, Lord, we're drawing near. And you told us in your Bible that if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. And um, so I need you to tell me if there's anything good about this. I need you to show it to me. I know that there are things that went on here that, that have broken our hearts. But, Lord, there's got to be something somewhere in the middle of this that you can turn into something good, and then you can show it to, to us. I need it because we're hurting and we're confused, and we're angry. And so, Lord, speak to us. And I suppose in that conversation, there might be some really specific questions that we won't ever get answered. You know, you can ask questions about what happened at those moments that life ebbed away. You're not going to get that answer. You're not going to know. But there are some things, I mean, we want to know those things, but we don't need to know those things. There are some things we need to know. That's what I think we bring to God. So, Lord, show us the parts that we need to know. And I think when we take these few moments to ask God these questions, here's the deal. We can ask them, God wants us to, but if we're willing to shine the searchlight, our searchlight on God's heart, there is this turnabout thing. God will say, okay, I'll, I'll let you shine your searchlight on my, my heart, Terry, but you realize that I'm going to want to just do the same because as friends, we get to, if you're going to examine hearts, let's, let's do this. So I get to have my heart examined here too. That's fair. In for a penny, in for a pound seems reasonable. So I've got to be willing also to allow my own, ch- my own thinking to be challenged here a little bit. But okay, let's ask these tough questions because we're drawing conclusions about life and about God and about God's heart and about what's happened here based on what we've seen. And maybe what we've seen has given us a perspective that hasn't given us all the information we need. And maybe when we have a different perspective, we'll come to a different conclusion. Sometimes we take our own view. We see something, our own viewpoint, and then we fill in the blanks with, with what we see. So we see, we see a picture... And now we, we have a story that's going on here, and we see a picture like this. Lisa, uh, my wife, who's not here with me today, she was here earlier, and she's with our daughter right now. Um, Lisa and I sometimes, not all, not all the time, sometimes we go out for dinner, the two of us, and we're sitting, and we play this game in the restaurant. Um, you don't, can't hear all the conversations, but we'll kind of look at the people down the room, around the room, and we'll make up stories for each other about what's going on at these different tables. You ever done that? <laughs> it's kind of twisted. That's me. I'm a little bit, little bit too immature to be in public. But anyway, so we'll be sitting at the table, and I'll say, hey, see that guy over there? He, um, he yelled at her like crazy this morning, and now he's crawling, trying to get things put back together. And she's not buying any of it. She's waiting until he gives her something, jewelry. I can see it in her eyes. She wants, she wants to make up a jewelry. And Lisa will say, see, see, you know, and she'll make up a story about some other couple. And so we, we pretend these things, and it's, it's kind of stupid, isn't it? I just realized in front of all you people how stupid that is. <laughs> but we go through this exercise, and we know it's fun, and we, we have this limited perspective, but we make up these stories. That's what we, you and I do. We see something like this, and we make up a story. You've already done it in your mind. You've been looking at this picture. Okay, so there's something going on. This couple sitting at the sofa. Um, who knows why they're there or what's going on? 
And sometimes, though, we'll find that we'll get a different viewpoint and our circumstances will change. And, and, and when that changes, the original set of facts hasn't changed at all. Hasn't changed at all. But we're going to get a different viewpoint and see something completely new. And the story becomes a little clearer. I want to take you on that kind of a journey today. Because something's happened here and we have a viewpoint and it, we've taken that viewpoint and now we've started painting the picture. We've started filling in the blanks and we've now scripted a story that we believe has happened. Might be accurate, might be partial, might be inaccurate. I don't know. I want to talk about that. So what if the perspective we have has led us to a conclusion about Jonathan's death and that conclusion was wrong? And yet the conclusion we're holding to hurts us. I mean, come on, Jonathan's death, tragic? Yes, absolutely. Unexpected? (laughs) Yes. Hard to understand? Completely hard to understand. But wrong or unloving? I don't know. Let's see what the word maybe will teach us about this. Here are a couple of things that I'll toss out. Here's what the Bible says about children. Psalm 127.3 says, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from God. I think I heard Skip say that. Children are a gift. They're a gift from God. Here's what the Bible says about things after we die, things that are in heaven. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be more, no, no more death, no more sorrow, no crying. There will be no more pain for the former things have passed away. And he said, right, for these words are faithful and true. I wonder what God was thinking about when Jonathan was coming together in his plan and he was thinking, okay, I'm going to plant this life into a family and I'm going to entrust him to certain people who are going to nurture him and care for him and guide him through their life. And God was thinking about the people that were going to be central to that as he was building him. Psalm 139.16 says, Every day of my life was recorded in your book, God, Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So, I mean, I got these questions. This all sounds really good, God. It sounds really loving. But why would you call home a son like that? I've heard the stories at such an early age. What kind of love is that? Here are some things Jesus was talking about, about where Jonathan is. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He's saying, let not your heart be troubled because I'm going to go to a place. He went to some literal place to build a place to prepare it for you, and it was personalized. It was prepared for you. Very unique. There's this story in in the book of John, chapter 11. You might have heard about it, where Jesus goes to a place called Bethany, and uh, he resurrects a friend of his named Lazarus. You might have heard these stories. Lazarus was dead. He had, Jesus had, had, was with his pals. He was away, a ways from there, a couple of days journey. And they said, hey, come on. Lazarus is sick. He's dying. Come and you can heal him. And Jesus said, okay. But he took a little too long to get there. By the time he got there, Lazarus was, was dead. And he was in the tomb. And they'd buried him. And you maybe have heard the story that Jesus thought about all this. And then 
for those who like to memorize scriptures, the easiest scripture in the whole Bible is right there. It's Jesus wept. Can you say, you know, Jesus wept. See, I'm teaching you to memorize the Bible right now. Jesus wept. That's an easy one. People make a joke about that. But Jesus wept. Then he does this amazing thing where he says, open up that tomb. Hey, Laz, come here. <laughs> and he came out of the grave. Grave clothes and all. He had been dead for a couple of days. It wasn't, I mean, that, that's pretty wild. Don't you agree? Wind the clocks back for a second. Jesus wept. I've thought this through. Why was Jesus crying? Why? Was it sympathy? Was it because Lazarus was dead? I don't know. He knew he was going to raise him from the dead. It couldn't be because, I mean, I, the regular reasons for crying there don't make sense. I've thought this through. I mean, why was Jesus crying? He knew he was going to raise him. He knew he had all the hope he needed. He knew it was going to be okay. Why was Jesus crying? I've thought this through, and I, I can't tell you. The scripture doesn't tell you, but I have an opinion. You think this through. Who was the loser in this whole story? It was Lazarus. Lazarus had to leave this place where there's no more crying, no more sorrow, no more pain that was personally prepared. He was, he was the loser in this deal. He had to leave someplace that's awfully special, awfully precious. That's where Jonathan is right now. I'm excited about that. I mean, it, sorry. I'm sorry if it's, you know, a little bit odd for the guy up front to have a big smile at a funeral. But that's where he is. Psalm 116 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his faithful ones. Does that mean God is sadistic and likes people to die? No. I mean, I think, here's what I think that means. I think that a few weeks ago, our time, earth time, Rochester time, Jesus, this, this, this could have been what was going on. Jesus is talking to the angels. Hey, guys, 10 days, Jonathan's going to be here. Big grin on his face. Get that? Nine days, I can hardly wait. I'm getting animated up here. I'm getting pretty excited about this. I am excited about it. Seven days. Jesus is talking to the, because precious is this, in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of the six. Come on, Jonathan. Come on. Come on. Look and see. Really, really good stuff. Psalm 139 tells this, tells, paints this picture for us. Listen to what the scriptures say about us. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Here's a picture of us as the Lord is building us. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Jesus knew Jonathan's number years ago, and it was clicking down, and he knew the day. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They are innumerable. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake in the morning, you're still with me. God doesn't hide from us when we ask the really tough questions. He's not afraid to tell the truth. He's loving, he's just, he's true. And God alone numbers our days. And he called Jonathan home. 
in spite of our objections, in spite of how it's broken our heart. He did for Jonathan what he wanted to do in love for Jonathan. It's a hard thing. Deuteronomy 32 says, God is our rock. His works are perfect. All his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just as he, he understands your pain. God does. Another scripture actually says he's counting your tears. They're every single one important to him. He cares about your loss. Still, the really tough question is, where do we go with this? Because do you believe that God here has made a mistake? Or God doesn't make mistakes? He's upright and he's just. Do you require that your perspective, what it is you see, has to be the highest perspective you will ever carry in your life? Or is your heart available to something that maybe is true and you're not seeing it all? Because eternity is the outcome of the conclusions that we make. I mean, our own perspectives, is it, are you certain enough about it that you'll risk eternity? He's a rock, his ways are perfect, his ways are just, faithful God who does no wrong. And, 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 and get this, God knowing that, I want to share something with you, what the family asked me to share with you, and that's this, Acts 2.21 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the promise from the Bible. That's the promise. All of this thing that we talked about, Jesus going to prepare a place, it's true and it's available if you just call on the Lord's name. And this family, in spite of the fact that their hearts are broken, they have both peace and hope. Don't mistake their broken hearts for the fact that they don't also have hope. They've got it at the same time. Seems, seems to be a counterproductive, but it's there. And now for, the, for us, this moment is here, and we say for, to Jonathan, where it says that of bread, you will eat of it until your last days because you were formed from dust. From dust you've come, and to dust you're going to return. All throughout the Bible... When the Bible talks about our physical body, the word that is used there could more accurately be translated as the word tent. Tent. A tent is a place you, you live for a while. It's temporary. You get, the, you get the scenario here. All throughout the Bible, when this talks about our physical body, the word used there represents a temporary dwelling place. The Lord never intended for this to be it forever. I am so grateful. <laughs> if you're 18 and everything works perfectly, you don't know what I'm talking about, okay? But when you get past 18 and stuff starts not working quite as perfect, isn't that true, Eric? I don't know what that's like, but... <laughs> and it's true. This is temporary. Never meant to last forever. And the Lord is finished with Jonathan's tent. He's finished with his tent. I'm going to pray. We're just about done. I want to read Revelation 21. And I, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. They're talking here about Jesus. And they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There will be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. As we lay Jonathan's tent to rest, 
I'm grateful for the new thing that God has done for him and he'll do for us as well. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. To my knees will I fall, will I sing hallelujah, will I be able to speak it all, I can only imagine, I can only imagine, I can only imagine when that day comes. And I find myself standing in the sun. I can only imagine when all I will do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak it all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine Surrounded by your glory What will my heart feel Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing? Will I be able to speak it all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah. I 
can only imagine I can only imagine yeah I can only imagine I can only imagine when all I will do is forever forever worship you I can only imagine I'd like to um, apologize to the folks that are in the foyer and in the halls and there was no place to sit thanks for pushing through. The blessing for you is that there's a reception right afterwards and there's food and you're obviously in front of everybody else in the line to get there, so payoff is coming. I, um, I just want to make one comment um, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to advertise this church or anything. I just want to say that I may have said things to you today that have caused questions or you would want to talk about it or you disagree with it or you want to put me in the headlock give me a Dutch rub, okay. Um, and uh, so I'm around and Pastor Eric and Seth we, we can answer questions if you have questions and if you want to listen again to um, what we talked about here or hear the stories the service was recorded it's going to be on the church's website which you can find if you look hard enough you can find our website it's free so I just mentioned that to you in case you want to hear something again and think it through it's, it's available to you um, I, I want to invite the Lord now to just do something for us as we close so would you agree with me in prayer Lord, we lean heavily into this, the wind of the Spirit now and ask God for you to minister hope and healing in broken hearts. Go past our intellect, God, and, um, and speak to us something of hope. For those who need answers, Lord, grant them. Put them in there. Walk with us, Lord. You're so faithful. I'm thankful, God, that you'll answer this prayer and that you'll minister where we need to be. And so, Lord, we also ask you to for mercy and grace upon this family. Carry them, Lord, when they need to be carried. And friends, the same. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.